0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Hannah Anderson. Hannah is on the show today talking about how a little song goes a long way. Based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. Hannah is on the show today sharing about her book, Heaven and Nature Sing. Join us to experience the goodness of our creator, King, and learn how the whole earth sings his praise. Find your soul renewed and your heart restored and discover once again why heaven and nature sing. Well, hello, Hannah, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Oh, it's so good to be with you today.
0: So today's conversation is all about how a little song goes a long way based on my devotional, a little goes a long way. And you have written heaven and nature sing, which is why I I selected you for this topic. So I recognize this phrase from a Christmas carol and from scripture. So would you share the inspiration behind this book?
1: So, Heaven and Nature's Sing was originally kind of conceptualized from the Christmas carol that you rightly heard was Joy to the World. Um, Joy to the World was written by Isaac Watts back in the 1700s. And it's pretty familiar, I think, for folks who grew up with Christmas carols, singing it at Christmas time. But the thing that really caught my attention about this song, and I'm going to use the word song intentionally, is that. It wasn't written to just be sung at Christmas time. It actually could be sung all year round. Now, we sing it a lot of times at Christmas because it talks about um, Christ coming to the world or what we call his advent. Um, and yet the, the kind of message that heaven and nature sing is much bigger than this. It's that the message and the hope that all of creation is singing the praises um, of its creator, King, who came first as a baby, but that we also long for his return to um, bring peace and um, order and reconciliation to the world. So the kind of hope and the inspiration behind the title and even behind um, tracing this idea through the book really was the song Joy to the World. Um, But it's an invitation for us to kind of think about what it might mean for us to join creation's praise um, in honor of our creator and our king.
0: I love that. And I do want to mention that your, your husband, he is um, it's beautiful artwork. And so he's the one that has, has done that all throughout um, the book as well. So y'all are like a collaborative team, right?
1: Yes. And the collaboration actually started uh, with a previous book um, that came right before this one called turning of days um, lessons from nature, season, and spirit. And it was kind of a similar invitation to hear what the witness of creation was saying about God and about, um, you know, the witness of the gospel in the natural world. And it was a collaboration that started with me saying to Nathan, hey, you're going to do this. (laughs) I don't know how much collaboration was initially part of it, uh, so much as I knew that he was very gifted this way. And I also knew that it was something that brought him life. And life being what it is, we're busy. And so unless there's a project, a lot of the things that we love can sometimes fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So it was a way for us to work together, but it was also really kind of a way to give structure and um, opportunity for him to be able to cultivate this. And God's just taken it from that book to this one to some other projects that we're working on.
0: Mm, I love that. And that even just speaks to like a little goes a long way too. like a little yes. And yes, I'm going to use this gift and you just never know where God is is going to take that. And so in my devotional and everybody that's read it knows that like I, I I wanted to be, I wanted so badly. I wish God would have given me a good singing voice because I love music. I love to sing, but I, I have zero rhythm. I can't clap to the right beat. I'm just like, it, it really, it's such a shame because I really wish that that I could do those things. And so I'd love
1: to hear, like, are you musical? Is this one of the gifts that God's given you? I consider myself musically literate, but it was definitely a learned skill. So it's not um, as instinctual as it is for some folks. So we live... Um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, and this is music area, right? This is bluegrass. This is everybody and their cousin can sit down at the piano and play by ear. Um, People can pick up harmony. It's very much in people's culture and blood. Um, That's not the case for me. Like I, I learned, um, I took music lessons. I feel like I'm literate and I can be pressed into service when the time um, calls for it. So I have spent my fair share of years behind the piano on a Sunday morning and small country churches, you know, kind of beating out the hymns. Um, I love music. I love, it's very much a part of the way I find expression, the songs that run through my head. I sometimes find that phrases come out in my writing. I don't even realize that they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I feel myself to be shaped by music, but not necessarily naturally gifted, if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's so interesting to me that we can hear a song and it can take us back to a place or we can, you know, we're so forgetful of, of many things like passwords and directions, but yet we can, you know, hear a song that we heard 30 years ago and we and we can start singing right along with it. Music really does tend to to stick with us, which is why I think God used it in, in so many ways. Um, you know, and, and in scripture, it even talks about how the rocks and hills and floods and plains echo God's praise. So how do we join in this chorus, even if we aren't musical
1: like like me? Yeah, so when you think about what music is, it is um, language and sound put to timing and rhythm. And of course, you've got variation and pitch and tonality and all these other things. But what I find fascinating and memorable about music, so you bring up the point that a song can get stuck in our head. And one of the reasons that it gets stuck is because there's rhythm and pattern and repetition attached to it. So as human beings, we remember things by the fact that we've encountered it over and over and over again, or there's some kind of cycle in place. So when we think about the songs that creation sings, it's obviously not audible like other than bird songs or the sound you know we might talk about the sound of a uh, of a rushing brook or the wind through the trees and and those are audible sounds but they're not necessarily what we would think of as a song and what's curious if you um, folks might know psalm 19 which Let's talk about meta layering here. Like Psalm 19 is literally a song <laughs> in the Old Testament from um, the, the Hebrew hymn book we might call Psalms. So Psalm 19 says something curious about the heavens declaring the glory of God and that the earth shows forth his handiwork, um, that there's this kind of witness, but then it says, it does it without words. So so there's a praise, there's, there's a chorus going on around us. There is um, some kind of song that nature is singing and inviting us into, but it doesn't have words and it's not audible. And so then you have to start to think in the sense of, well, what is happening? And one thing that's happening in nature is the repetition. It's the timing. It's the cycles that are inherent in music that we see inherent in the natural world. And and there's this funny thing about rhythms and patterns and even traditions and cycles that they shape and they form our memory. So when we go through the cycles of the season, for example where I live, we have four seasons. Um, I know some places don't have four, but maybe you have two. And, and the, the natural world around you goes through this cycle every year, every year, every year. And if you live in that place long enough, your body and your brain and your mind remembers what's coming up. You don't have to look at a calendar, but you can feel something or you can sense a certain smell in the air and you know what's coming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what that's doing in many ways is that the witness of creation to our creator and the Praise of our creator is there in the backdrop, just stable cycling through. So, we're all over here distracted by what's on the internet. You know, we're over here leading our busy lives, not remembering, not paying attention. But the backdrop is this steady hum, this steady song, this steady praise of cycling that God is keeping the world moving. He's keeping creation singing his praises. And if we'll just stop long enough, And I'm going to use a musical term here and tune in. Mm. If we'll attune ourselves to what's happening in the creation, we have the opportunity to not only join that praise, but also learn a lot about our creator.
0: Yeah, you know, you've, you've used the word praise a lot, and, and our praise to our creator is is so important, so so why do you think, you know, and, and scripture even talks about, like, if, if we don't, even the rocks will cry out in praise, um, and so why is our worship so important, and because I, I think that this is an aspect, I know I personally sometimes forget, except on a, maybe a Sunday morning, at,
1: at the right. worship service, right? Right. So one thing that this song of creation helps us remember is that worship is not just for Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it's not that our Sunday worship and our formal kind of religious practice isn't important. It is necessary and it is set aside and it is made sacred. But what creation reminds us is that all of life is about worship of God and the worship of our Creator. So within the natural world there, like I said before, there's this steady, stable, repeatable song of praise that's happening when the sun rises and when the sun sets every day. Um, And if you look at the Psalms that talk about the songs that creation is singing, it, it points to the fact that these things happen on repeat every day. So it might be the thing of same song, different verse, right? Every day is the same song, but it's a different verse. So. That kind of normalcy and that kind of everydayness to the song of creation is an invitation when we're not in church to remember our creator, when we're in the mundane, when we're out in our backyard pulling the weeds, when we're, you know, just doing the busyness of life. Creation around us is reminding us that just the fact that we're a creature made by God is enough to bring forth our praise to him, even in these uh, more mundane spaces.
0: Yeah. Well, so in my devotional, I talk about the impact of a simple song. And one of the stories that I tell is about a time when I was just really discouraged. And I felt like I had heard God wrong and was just having like this inner narrative of just feeling just terrible about myself, if I'm being honest and, um, just on the verge of tears. And then all of a sudden I just had this, this indication. I felt like it was the Holy spirit leading me to just turn on my worship music And the song that came on was Lauren Daigle's, you say, and -hmm. it goes through, you know, it's like, you, you keep fighting these lies telling me that I'm not enough, which is exactly what I was fighting. And then, but, but then she goes on to say, but God, you say that I'm enough and you say, you know, all the things, the identity in Christ and kind of replacing these lies with his truth. And in that moment, it was kind of just, it changed my whole perspective. It changed my whole outlook. It re-centered me um, and reminded me of, of who God says that I am. And so it was, it was a little song and she probably has no idea that I was listening to yeah. it that day, that it, that it really impacted me and, and changed me in that moment. And I'm here, I'm talking about it years later and, mm-hmm. um, and, and all throughout scripture, we see the impact of, of a song um, so I'd love to hear if there is maybe a song or a moment like that that you can think of that that really a song or a hymn something that really has made an impact
1: on you. Well, I'll tell you um a little story that you know I'm, I'm not sure if I've ever um, shared it on a podcast but it makes so much sense here. Um when I first started writing, um I I did I did this maybe 10 12 years ago I started getting into blogging back then. Um and I committed to, this was kind of like a commitment to God that I would pursue this. I didn't know where it would end up. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to step out in faith. So it was like my little, yes, it was, yes, I'm going to do this. Um, But one of the first things you had to do back then, and I think it's the same today is you had to set up a website. so my name's Hannah Anderson. So I'm like, great. I'm going to go set up my website and people can find me at hannahanderson.com. Except that there's a clothing company for children named Hannah Anderson Mm -hmm. and they're international and they bought up all of the potential ways you could express Hannah Anderson. So even though my name is not spelled the same way, there were no available HannahAnderson.coms that made any sense. I mean, I suppose I could have been (laughs) hannahanderson25896.com, but at that point that branding wasn't going to work. So I realized I was going to have to um, make more of a title rather than a name for my, for my space where I, where I was kind of landing and a song that was really, really significant to me at that point in my life um, is a hymn by William Cooper called sometimes a light. And it is um, this song about the light and the grace of God breaking through Um, very dark places. And and the first line is sometimes a light surprises um, the child of God who sings the light of one who rises with healing in his wing. When comforts are declining, God grants the soul again, a season of clear shining to cheer it after rain. And that was kind of a difficult period in my life. And writing was one way of trying to kind of poke my head up out of the darkness. And the thing that really struck me about that song was that it was a surprise that you weren't walking in the light. You were in the darkness, and then this some sun, sunbeam of God's light almost broke through the clouds and reached out to you. Um, you didn't find it; it just kind of broke through, mm. and so that epitaph that sometimes the light has followed me in all of my writing and all of my social media presence um, since then. And it, it was something I picked because the song meant something very significant to me at that point. But now I'm really, really glad that my writing is identified that way, because I do hope that what I'm doing is that one shaft of light that might come into somebody's darkness. Um, It might be used of God in that way that surprises them. They were expecting something different or they just kind of had their head down. And then something in my books or something that I shared would just kind of hit them in a warm and healing way.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And Um, I I will definitely, well, obviously your website, we're going to put that in the show notes, but then I'd also, um, like to find that song as well. I think that would be really sweet to put into the show notes as well. I want to, I want to go and listen to it and find it after our conversation today. Uh, So what about, and maybe a song from scripture, do you have a favorite song from scripture and and its impact that Uh, that comes to mind for you? I know tough question, right? So
1: many, right. So they're really, very fixated. Right now, I'm very fixated on the psalms that um, point our attention to creation songs. So um, I grew up in a more rural context. My husband did as well. And when we met, we felt like we had this shared language. Um, kind of, um, we didn't even know it. It was just we understood something about the other person. And then in the last ten years, we've kind of uh, put down roots in a, in a slightly more rural area, and so. I've just become really aware and attuned to nature's songs and there's this beautiful kind of um, layering in the scripture where you have a song about a song. So you have Psalm 19 that talks about the creation singing a song or you'll have Psalm 104, which is about the testimony of creation, praising God. So those, um, songs are really capturing my imagination right now. Um, The way that um, the the text is using words to describe something that doesn't use words, you know, like my brain just finds that really beautifully um, balanced. And there's just this literariness to it that I really love.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, at the start of this whole episode, we talked about, you know, the inspiration behind heaven and nature sing is through, you know, the song joy to the world. And I I do think so much of music, it really does bring us joy. It it evokes so much emotion, all the range of emotions. Right. But how do you think that, that our music can really bring joy to the world? Do you think that that's possible? Yeah.
1: I, I think, you know, for some folks, music allows them to tap into an interior life or an emotional life that they can't express more, um, you know, just prosaically. Like, like I find with my writing, especially, especially when I'm writing in a musical way, um, something unlocks. Like, there's these barriers that if I'm being too rational, too analytical, I'll stop and I'll, I'll, I'll only express what I think is supposed to be expressed, right? But this, especially the Psalms, we see this in the music of the Old Testament, the the songs of the Old Testament in the Psalms, that it's almost like someone took a, and just sliced David's wrists open, and he's just bleeding out the, these expressions of the true interior of his heart. And sometimes those are um, you know messier emotions. Sometimes they're 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 true, but they're 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 complicated. But sometimes you'll have these songs that are just overwhelming praise and joy and, you know, this glory and who God is. And, and I think it's one thing we live in a somewhat cynical age where we are expressing a lot of the hard things. And I think that's good because especially for those of us who came from backgrounds where like negative expressions weren't allowed, it, it is freeing to be able to have permission to say what's true, even if it's negative. But I also find that we're not always cultivating conversation and expression of what's true and good and glorious. And so songs give us an opportunity to express truthfully the joy and the praise and the glory and the hope that is found um, in God. So, you know, it's not that we have to pick one or the other, but I do think for some of us, it may be more of. Um, an intentional focus to say, you know what? Yes, I can be honest about the hard things, but I'm also going to hold the truth that there is hope. There is goodness. There is joy. God still reigns. And, you know, his glory is worth singing about and testifying about and holding up for others that hope too, that they can come to and find and then begin to express for themselves. You know, I love Hannah,
0: the thought that in Revelation, we're all going to be singing his praises, you know, uh, forever for eternity and and just the joy uh, in that. But I guess what what do you hope that everybody hears today, everybody listening about singing God's praise Mm -hmm. now and into eternity?
1: Well, this is going to sound maybe a little too imaginative or metaphysical for some folks, but I'm going to say it anyway, because this is what you get. I love that human praise is not the only praise of that that is being expressed of God. That there are ways that the creation is right now praising God that we have not yet been able to hear. That there are ways that his animals and his plants and his mountains and his rivers are praising him, that I hope one day, maybe in heaven, we will finally have ears to hear and to join in that praise. There's a book my husband's reading right now called The Immense World. And the author is, the the point of the book is, it's it's a scientific book. He's talking about all the ways animals communicate with each other that we're totally, you know, not clued into. And all the ways that trees communicate with each other that they're not, we, we totally bypass. And the, the the, um, author is not writing from a theological perspective, but I couldn't help but think if they're communicating with each other, then they're communicating with their creator too. Mm. And I can't hear it right now, but maybe one day I will. Maybe one day we will get to sing with the rocks who are crying out. Maybe one day we will get to clap our hands in time. with the trees (laughs) here's to hoping for that (laughs) that are clapping in praise and so for me I know these are metaphorical like I know these are somewhat literary but there's a part of me that is also very aware that there is a whole chorus of praise going on around us right now that one day I hope to join and be aware of it in ways that we can't be aware of it right now
0: yeah heaven and nature sing for sure well so this is a question that i'm asking all of my guests as we kind of come to a close but just um i guess more directed towards you in this theme today so other than the sometimes a light song do you have any other um times that a little song has gone a long way in your own life that you can think of anything that comes to mind
1: yeah um i'm trying to like i i just feel like music is a part of my life. <laughs> like, again, I said, I'm not naturally gifted, but it is something that's been a part of how God has shaped and, and um, you know, uh, worked in my life. And I find that, um, you know, even just the little songs that we pick up in childhood, that we teach our children, um, will stay with us for years and they'll just come back. Um, I was with a group, um, over Christmas and, we were singing um, carols, and then the leader led us in a way in a manger, and it was almost like we all were taken back to four and five year old Sunday school, but but it didn't feel conspicuous at all. It felt very natural and real, and it allowed us to tap into some of those um, a more childlike posture in some way of dependence and um, you know that kind of connection with our father in a childlike way. So. I just think of those kinds of moments where a song from our past comes forward in our brain for whatever reason, maybe someone else invites it, maybe um, we hear a snippet of it online, and then it awakens and evokes all of these other things. Mm -hmm. And so that's an invitation to praise in its own way, where the words for sure are teaching us something. But the musicality is as well. The rhythm, the timing, um, the sounds are awakening us at depths that we didn't, we didn't, haven't really tapped into for a while. Yeah.
0: Oh, Hannah, this has been, you've added such more depth to the, a little song, how a little song can go a long way. Just you've opened my mind to a whole new element that I hadn't even thought of. So thank you so much for just being my guest. And I, I know I want to stay connected with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to stay connected with you. So remind us of your website and of your
1: right. social media. And yeah. how we can So I'm, um, I'm at sometimes Um, that's my website and it's just kind of a landing page at this point where you can find where I am in other places I'm on Instagram I I did use Hannah Anderson on Instagram with a bunch of dots and slashes but you can find me there Um, and um, I'm on Twitter but that's a little chaotic right now so probably Instagram Facebook and uh, the website at sometimesalight.com
0: Okay. Well, thank you for being a light today. I think you're always a light if I had to guess. And thank you for helping us to believe that a little song goes a long way.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Hannah Anderson. We hope that today helped you to believe that a little song goes a long way. This week, your little task is to make intentional choices to turn on worship music. Sing along and praise to the Lord today. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter, and all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can purchase the significant merchandise, download free resources like the companion guide, the conversation journal, and the list tracker that go along with my A Little Go a Long Way devotional. And if this message has really resonated with you, I would love to come and talk to your retreat or your women's conference or your women's group at church. I would love to share this significant A Little Goes a Long Way message with your ladies. Next week, my guest is Michelle Howe. Michelle is going to be talking with us about how a little companionship goes a long way. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.